talk, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. We've been talking from the prophecy. And, you know, we've been talking from that, the little part of the prophecies that states that, uh, that these are, that don't be in a rush, don't be in fear, and don't get out of love. And so that's what we've been focused on. We talked about uh, being hurt and forgiving uh, uh, for two weeks. And then uh, we talked about not getting outside of love through disobedience. And so tonight, guys, I wanted to simply take a moment to talk to you about how to respond to prophecy. Uh, I, I get up every morning at 441. My alarm goes off uh, and I get ready and I'm trying to be at the gym at five. And so it's my quiet time, time to pray, time for nobody to say my name, to bother me, or to need me. And, and during that time, I just try to meditate on things I feel and hear God. And so one of the things I heard God say is that that we got to take him seriously about his prophecy, that his word simply doesn't come to pass simply because Pastor Edwin spoke it, is that some will see the manifestation of promises, but others will not. It's not the prophet's fault if the word does not manifest in your life. Go ahead and tell, go ahead and type that. It's not the prophet's fault if the word does not manifest in my life. And so that's what I want to talk about really quickly tonight. And I really do want to do it quickly because it's not new things that you don't know. It's just things you need to be reminded of doing. But the word it's my job to see that the prophecy come to pass. And so really quickly, uh, they put it up there. Don't be in a panic. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in fear and don't get out of love. These coming days are the days that you you have prayed for. That's what the prophecy said. And you got to understand that when Pastor Evan got this prophecy from the Lord, he wasn't just up there. Oh, let me write down a whole bunch of words because I don't got anything else better to do. Uh, I've known Pastor Evan for 20 years or 21 years now. I can promise you that's not what he was doing when, when he got that. He heard God. And because he heard God, he then began to put into writing what God had said. And what we got to understand, and I'm not going to go through the pro whole prophecy for the sake of time, but what we got to understand is that the purpose of prophecy any prophecy is to bring you into knowledge of what God desires for your life. So when Pastor, so when God downloaded that word to Pastor Edwin that said, hey, for I have brought you to this level and to, to this place to increase your expectation. That's one of the last paragraphs of the prophecy. That was what God was is desiring for our life. And he gave Pastor Edwin that word to bring us into the knowledge of what he was desiring. And I'm not sure if y'all read that. I'll read it one more time. I think I put it in notes. I'm not sure, but y'all need to read that last paragraph. It says, for I have brought you to this level and to this place to increase your expectation. Tell your neighbor, this ain't a destination. This is just a pit stop. God is saying, hey, I'm not bringing you into more wealth. I'm not bringing you into more peace of mind. I'm not bringing you into healing to stop there. I'm bringing you here only to increase your expectation of all the marvelous things that will surely come your way. Say so he ain't finished yet. Ain't that what the word Pastor Schoen, uh, uh gave us on Sunday, right? Our progress isn't limited. He's not finished yet, for I brought you to this level and to this place to increase your expectation. Um, and, and so here's the thing. There are things that God desires for you to have 
but your faith isn't mature enough for you to do it. Uh, I use the example of going to the gym. Uh, when I, I had total shoulder replacement, when I first had my total shoulder replacement, I couldn't lift a hundred pounds. It wasn't possible to lift a hundred pounds. Does that mean that I, I won't ever lift a hundred pounds? No, I just have to do what? Increase my expectation little by little. So I started out with two pound hand weights at the therapist lifting that. And then we progressed to 10 pounds, to 20, to 30. Now I can lift 100 pounds. What happened is my expectation, my ability to manifest grew over time. As I maximized the two pounds, then I could go to five pounds. It wasn't a bigger stretch. And so what we God is trying to do for many of us is bring us to a place to increase expectation, not to stop. Not to say that you make $90,000 is the end. He brought you there to get you to the place where he really wants you is to a place where you never have need, want, or anything like that. And I'll be honest with you, $100,000 won't do it for you. $200,000 won't do it for you. So he's always bringing us into a place to increase our expectation. And I love that about the prophecy, but that prophecy is a call to action. That prophecy is our is our responsibility to hear that call of action, to hear God's desire in our life, and then to go out and manifest it. That's our job. So here's the thing, and Pastor Evan told you, and Pastor Sean has repeated it over the last, I know, five years, is that some people will see things manifest and some people won't. And the difference is how you respond to prophecy, how you respond to the word of God. In 2 Chronicles 20 and 20, it says it this way. It said, it's, it's Jehoshaphat. It says, they rose up early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you should be established. Uh, or in one uh, what translation, it says you will have success. It says believe in his prophets and you shall what? Prosper. The word God gave the pastor Edwin, that prophecy is designed to prosper you. It's designed to bring you into more than enough. It's designed to bring you into excess. And, and, and it's okay to have excess. It's okay to have more than you need and then tell other people, no, the Lord said, don't do it. That's okay. It's okay to have more cars to drive than you have family members in your house. It's okay to have more money than you have bills. It's okay to have more than one house. It's okay to have multiple savings accounts. It's okay to have all of that. It's okay to spread the gospel to 10 to 15 people a day. It's okay. You don't have to be limited by what your family think is enough. You don't have to be limited by what society thinks is enough. You don't have to be limited by your own thoughts of what you think is enough. And that's the purpose of the word when we take it seriously. It reprograms our mind so that we come into expectation to believe and receive what God desires for us and not what we desire for our own self. God is just fine with abundance, as long as abundance doesn't have you. So we've read 2 Chronicles 20 and 20 many times. I want to peruse through the first uh, chapters, I mean, verses 14 real quick. I didn't put them in the notes, and I did that on purpose. I just want to read it to you real quick. Verse 14 says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. 
So the spirit of the Lord dropped on him. And he said, listen up, y'all. All you inhabitants of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord of God, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. They were going up to fight the Ammonites and, and, and I think it's Moabites, it, it, it was. And, and they had all of these army people and the spirit of the Lord came up and told them, hey, don't get afraid. They, it's the husband, it's the wives, it's the children. All of them are out there. He's like, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. He says in verse 16, tomorrow go down there against them. They shall surely come up by the ascent of Zeus and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness. Then verse 17, that is in the note said, it says you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear to be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So they got a word, so they got a word from God. So the spirit of the God dropped on them the same way the spirit gave Pastor Evan a word. And in this thing, they are going to battle. And in the middle of going to battle, God tells them not to fight. Doesn't that sound crazy? How many of you guys have ever gone to fight? And then before you got there, somebody tells you not to fight. You'd be like, that's absolutely stupid. Why will I be going to a battle with an expectation not to fight? And for a lot of us, that's how we've treated the word of God. We have basically said, Pastor Ed, when we hear the word that you said, we know that you said, don't be in a panic. We know that the word says, don't be in a rush. We know that the word says, don't be in fear. But how in the world do I do that when the economy is this way? How do I do that when my job laid me off? How do I do that when everything around me is tearing me down? Because your focus is in the wrong place. And once we get there in a the moment, when we talk about how to respond to the prophecy, the first thing to respond to the prophecy is that you got to let God be God. You got to accept Jesus, I mean, God as your Lord. But they find themselves there and they're about to go into a fight and God told them not to fight. You don't got to need to fight in this battle. Your whole job for this year is simply to respond to the word. What did he tell us to do in the prophecy? Don't fret. So every time you don't worry, every time you find yourself wearing, you got to go back to the word. Always find yourself going back to the source. It says, so as you carry yourself through this year, move with purpose, but be without fear. Stand your ground. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Right. That's what we got to do. And so we know we understood that at the end of the day that Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah, they won that battle. Jehoshaphat started worshiping and praising God before they even got there. And as they got there, the Ammonites and, and, and all of them began to fight each other and killed each other. And guess what happened? Because they decided to take the prophecy serious, because they decided to take the word of God seriously, because they decided to take God seriously. When they got there, everybody was dead. And the Bible says they spent three days gathering the spoils all because they decided to do it God's way. Go ahead and say that. Say, I'm going to do it God's way. 
I'm going to do it God's way. So you got to understand, you can just replace that word prophecy with responding to the word. Because all prophecy is, is a word, a rhema word, spoken directly to a man or woman of God who then gives it to, to the people. God can give you a prophecy. He can speak to you about things in your life, right? So, so that's all that is, but you got to take God seriously. I'm going to do it God's way, even when my flesh doesn't understand. I'm going to do it God's way, even when my schooling has taught me otherwise. I'm going to do it God's way. Even when the economists say you should do this, I'm going to do it God's way. Even when my financial advisors say this is not the time to be doing X, Y, and Z, I'm going to do it God's way because you got to understand that the things of the spirit do not make sense to those that are in the flesh. And, and you could be a born again believer, but you could be operating in your flesh concerning the things of God. So you really have to hearken to the word of God and you got to believe God more than you do yourself. I trust God more than I trust Ralph. I trust God more than I trust April. I trust God more than I trust Pastor Edwin. I trust God more than I trust Pastor Sean. I trust God more than I trust Pastor Chris. Trusting God must be the thing that's priority in your life. Or else you won't ever respond to God properly. Why? Because you won't do that first thing. You won't allow God to be Lord in your life. All right? We already on page three. I told you we ain't going to be here long. Uh, number one, how do I respond to the to the prophecy? I allow God to be Lord. Luke 6, 46 and 47 in the message says this. Why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir. And that's right, sir. But never doing a thing I tell you. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. In other words, y'all y'all been around long enough. We just came out of one of the largest home building uh, stints in, in history. Lord saying, I ain't drywall. My word for you ain't drywall. It ain't no light fixture. My words for you ain't the roof. Baby, the words that I give you, they are foundation. So, other words, God said, my words go down first. Before you do any building, before you do any establishing of anything, my word goes down first because once my word becomes a foundation, you can build everything else off that. Say, go ahead. I mean, some of y'all know God's word ain't drywall, baby. You can't punch it and put a hole in it. God's word is the foundation on which you build all things. And that's what he's saying in Luke 6 and 46. You treat my word like drywall. You coming in here, you saying, hey, God, you've been polite, yes, sir, no, sir, but you're not doing anything I sell you. You know why? Because you have a God, but he isn't your Lord. You have a God, but he isn't your Lord. And we'll talk about that real quick. You can know God and he not be your Lord. Those are two different things. God is a creator of all things, right? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omnibenevolent. That's God, right? You know who God is. You even believe in God. 
but believing in the, the essence of who God is and accepting him as Lord of your life are two different things. And that's the first thing that you got to do to respond properly to prophecy or to the word of God is that you got to accept or you got to allow God to be Lord in your life. What does that word Lord means? One who rules over me. One who rules over me or over others. You got me. I'll make it personal. God, he is God and he is my Lord. That's coupled. That's conjunction. He is God and he is my Lord. So if I want to respond to the prophecy properly, I got to know that he is God. That means he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's all powerful. He's all good. He, he's everything that I could ever need. And he's a creator. That makes him God. But then I say, he's my Lord. He's the one that rules over my life. He's the one that when I want to go right, but he says, go left, I change directions. He's the one that says, when I want to date her, but he says she ain't it, then I don't date her. He's the one that says, when I say I want this extra piece of cake and he says we're done eating for the next three days, then I'll, I am now on the fast because to accept him as Lord is meaning that I no longer have authority over who I am. And see, you won't ever see the goodness of God if he's not your Lord. Because when I make him my Lord, he becomes my shepherd. When he is my shepherd, he is now responsible for the provisions of my life. But as long as he's a good God out there, but he ain't my Lord, then he is not obligated for my provision. So you can come to FOC all day long. You, 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 just like you could stand in a car all day long. I mean, in the garage. Staying in the garage does not make you a car and coming to church does not make him your Lord. You got to accept him. What does that look like? My actions correspond to his word. How do I know if I accepted Jesus, Lord? My actions correspond to his words. So if he tells me to love my neighbor and to forgive my neighbor, then that tells me that nothing that they have done could violate God's commandment for forgiveness. So if that means Pastor Chris came up and the next time she saw me on the huddle, she's backhanded me and left her handprints in my face. I won't like it, but Pastor Chris's actions do not give me the right to disobey God's voice to forgive. Why? Because he's Lord. What we want to do is take lordship over areas of our life for God to bless us. And that's just not how it works. You, Because whatever you're Lord over, you're responsible for. Whatever you, whatever you are Lord over, you're responsible for. So when I want to Lord over my marriage, then, or if I want something else to Lord over my marriage, then that thing, the Lord is responsible. I'm a landlord. I own properties, right? Or, or my, my company owns properties. Uh, when things go wrong on that property, because I'm the landlord, my company's the landlord, the company's responsible for provision of that property, right? So they're not calling Conway Corp if the electricity's not working. 
or, or something like that. You know who they're calling? They're calling the landlord because the landlord is responsible. So the question is a litmus test. Who do you call when you make decisions? Do you even consult God? Because if you don't, he's not your Lord. Do, who, who are you consulting? Some of you guys try to make other people your Lord. That's why you always call them Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean. They'll tell you if they won't, I'll tell you now because they ain't on here. They ain't your Lord. They don't want to be your Lord. They have said that year after year. Because if you talk to them, what they going to ask you? Anybody that talk to Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean about anything, what they going to ask you? Let's see if y'all look good listeners. What they going to ask you at the end of the conversation, during the conversation, or at the beginning of the conversation? What I, I'm a teacher. I got time. I can wait. We only 30 minutes in. What? what it, way to go, Kimberly Dennis. Way to go. You the student of the day. They're going to say, what did God say? Because at the end of the day, they're not your Lord. But what you, and that's why so many people, you're mad because you made a man your Lord and man made a miss God or man made a told you wrong and therefore you erred because you didn't try to hear God for yourself. Man is not a substitution for hearing God, but God has placed men in the earth in authoritative roles to guide us in the blind spots in life. But I don't make in 21 years, I love Pastor Edwin, I love Pastor Sean, but at the end of the day, I got to hear God for myself. So I got to allow God to be the Lord. And I can't rely on another human being to always be hearing God for me. That is immaturity. If Aiden came in here, right? If Aiden went in that room right now and tried to lay on his mom's bosom and get milk, that ain't going to work because he's past an age of maturity to do such a thing. Some of you are past an age of maturity, but you're still trying to drink milk when you're supposed to be eating milk because you haven't let God be your Lord. So what do you reference? What's the thing that tells you how you're going to make your decision? Whatever that is, that's your Lord. All right. So that was number one. How do I respond to prophecy? I got to allow God to be Lord. Number two, I got to actively participate. The will of God isn't automatic. Wouldn't it be nice if, if, if God's will was automatic? We'll all be billionaires. Nobody will ever be sick. I mean, nothing would ever go wrong. It'll just be straight utopia up in this joint, right? If the will of God is automatic, because the will of God, he says, I'll, he, I wish that you may prosper and be in health, right? He wants us to live a good life, all right? He wants us to have the abundant life, right? I've come that you may have life and that life, what? More abundantly. We must participate in our own rescue. We got to actively participate to see the will of God comes to pass. So how do I actively participate? I partner with God. That's what Proverbs 4 and 12 was saying on Sunday when Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean stopped. They said, your progress will have no limits. When? When what? You come along with me. Imagine, I mean, that's like saying, Aiden, you want to eat something? He's like, yeah, daddy, I want to eat. Come with me to McDonald's. You can eat. But God, I don't want to go to McDonald's. I want my food brought to me. Well, your progress will have, I mean, if you want to eat, you got to go where there's provision. It's such a simple concept. If you want to eat, 
Son, the food is at McDonald's. That's where daddy's going. Bring me something back. The food is at McDonald's, son. That's where we're going. Well, I don't want to go. Well, you don't eat. But what we want God to do is always cater to us. God God is not Uber. God is not, uh, what do we get every month? Uh, the, uh, yeah, Uber Eats. They ain't, God ain't delivering everything to your house the way you want it when you want it. He has a way for things to be done. So if I want to have unlimited progress, then I have to understand that when I go, that means I got to go along with God. And then when I do that, I will never stumble as I walk along the way. You can't manipulate God into doing what you want done. I know some of you have manipulated people with your tears. God ain't moved by your tears. Otherwise, a lot of people would be in different situations. You can cry all day till your eye sockets are dry. That ain't going to move God. You can tell all the all the sob stories of how, and, and don't, I am not discounting any form of abuse or anything, but all that stuff that happened to you in the past, you could tell all them stories and you can get people to feel sorry for you, but that does not move God. FOC folks, what move, what, what causes the word of God to come to life? How do just people live? There you go, Facebook user. Faith. Right. Faith. You're right. We can't manipulate God. And so many times, we taught a message on that. So many times we try to use manipulation as a way to get God to do what we need to do because it moves people. But manipulation doesn't move God. Your and I say the word move. That's probably that's the wrong word. Your faith causes a manifestation of God's finished works to just show up in your life. That's what faith does, because everything God is, is going to do for you, he has already done. Your faith brings into reality the finished works of God. And so I can't make that happen simply because I cry a lot. I can't make that happen because I want the church to feel sorry for me. I can't make that happen because uh, my lights got cut off because I did this and, I, and this didn't work. And, and, and I just don't know why God won't, won't come through for me. And I, I just don't know why he I, I got to go through all this. Baby, you disobedient. I mean, that that's why you going through that. Baby, you disobedient. But I mean, and, 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 and here's the thing. We understand that bad things happen to good people. But if you look at your life, you could probably see that you got areas where you just straight disobedient. Yeah, you fast well, but you, but you out there sleeping with folks that ain't your husband or your wife. You out there uh, manipulating drugs and things like that to get you to escape feelings that you don't want. You out there cheating in ways that you know that God is, I mean, cheating in ways and going places that God told you not to go. But you're expecting God to give you his best when you're not actively participating in his way. Because the, the word of Proverbs 12 says your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. God ain't over there sleeping with folks that ain't their spouse. He ain't. God ain't over there taking jobs that don't belong to him. God ain't over there moving to cities that, 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 that he don't supposed to be in. God ain't over there uh, running a pity party about how he's sick when he says confess the word because you are whole. That ain't what he doing. 
but we want we want the the we want the product without without the willingness to do the work. And, and so everything that Pastor uh, Edwin said in the prophecy for our lives, it isn't that it won't happen. It just won't happen for those that won't participate. That's what it's about. So we got to partner with God. And when you partner with God long enough, what happens is the desires that God has, I think Pastor Evan started to touch on this on Sunday, the desires that God have for you uh, become things that he placed in your heart. Psalms 37 and 4, if you look at it, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires and petitions of your heart. The surface level part of that is like, yeah, God will give me what you want what I want. But in other words, if you really get into it, when I begin to focus on God and the kingdom of God and his way of doing things and his way of thinking, what I do, I spend enough time in the kingdom environment that I become acclimated to the kingdom's environment. The kingdom's culture becomes my culture. Therefore, what the kingdom desires is now what I desire. So God will begin telling you, Pastor Ever said on Sunday when he went on that fast, and I think God told him five different things, I think it was. And he said, God told him to ask for something that he didn't even think that he wanted. Because why? As you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. There are things that you need, desire, and the earth needs and desires that you don't even know you want, but because you spent so much time in the fleshly environment, you have not acclimated yourself to the kingdom environment. You know, we use this thing that it's an acquired taste. You know, that's what we, we say to some stuff. Oh, that's an acquired taste. Baby, doing things the kingdom way is an acquired taste. You may you may you may not get it the first time. You may not enjoy it the first time. You may not in, uh, understand it the first time. But the more you acclimate yourself to desiring, delighting yourself in the Lord, obeying the things that God tells you to do, you'll be able to mark off things in your life as tried and true. Man, I made it through that whole recession and I didn't miss a beat. I was like that tree planted by the rivers of living water. My leaf did not wither, right? Why? Because the Lord said that he would take care of me. He says that when I come along with him, I will. my progress will have no limits. He didn't say if the economy was going well. He didn't say if, if I was feeling like it. He didn't say if the doctor gave me a diagnosis of diabetes, if the doctor gave me a diagnosis of depression, if the doctor gave me a diagnosis of cancer, if the doctor gave me a diagnosis of lupus. He says, if you come along with me, your progress will have no limits. In other words, don't be messed up about the realities in which you observe in this earth. They do not change what God has said. So number one, how do I respond to prophecy? I allow God to be Lord. Number two, I have to actively participate because the will of God isn't automatic. Now, you got to have faith in God, right? We're still on number two. Have faith in God. Your faith gives God permission to enter into the earth in an active form. He is always passively present but he cannot be activated without faith. Now, there, uh, I'm not sure why I just, my science people give me, there's two type of energies, kinetic and somebody give me the other one because my mind just went, I just went blank. Can, 
kinetic energy and y'all can just say it or put it in the chat where is it i know my folks helping me all right somebody gonna put it in there potential thank you uh joshua jasper so you got two types i couldn't read your lips coach uh you got two types of energy kinetic and potential right so the word of god in and of itself right is potential energy right it has the ability to rearrange everything in your life, similar to dynamite, right? A stick of dynamite land on your cabinet, right? Your kids may just play with it. Oh, look at this hot dog and just tossing it up, right? They just chilling with it. And, and most of us will be like, oh, Lord, right? But, but that dynamite in that state has potential. But until it's activated, right? How do I activate the dynamite? How do I do that? <laughs> uh, you got to light it, right? You got to actively participate in order to ignite the fuse. And when that dynamite explodes, what, it do, what does it do? It rearranges. So our faith acts like an ignition for the word of God. Our faith says, hey, word of God, I see you over there in your, uh, in your potential form. I see you there. Let me ignite you by activating my faith so that I can give you the word of God, the ability to rearrange my whole life. Because faith grabs hold of that. That's what your faith does. It grabs hold. So that word, the doctor says that I'm sick, but I know the word has potential. He says, by my stripes, I'm healed. He says that he wished above all things. He said that in his word, if I sent it, when he sent his word, it healed those people. So if he's not a respecter of person, I know the word has potential. God, I believe your word. I stand on your word. I speak to my liver. I speak to my pancreas. I speak to my blood cells. I declare that they do what they're supposed to do. I ignite the potential of God's word with my faith. I say, I believe the word more than I do the doctor's report. I believe the word more than I do the, the test. I believe the word more than I do the economy. I believe the word more than I do the pain that may be in my body. I ignite the word with my faith so that it may rearrange my life to look like what kingdom has already established on my behalf. But when you don't partner with God, when you don't walk along with him, then all the word of God is for you is a paperweight. Though that dynamite has every intention and ability to change the situation, to remove the barrier that's in front of you. It never is able or capable of doing what it was designed to do because you didn't do your part. And that's why I was telling you in the very beginning, it ain't, don't look at Pastor Edwin or any prophet crazy because the word doesn't come. Now, there's a whole nother thing about judging prophets and the words they give. We know Pastor Edwin is an anointed man of God. We know that the word he has given us, it is life, it is truth, it is from God, right? So, so when I look at, when here's the thing, the word about making six digits a year. 
Well, I wasn't here when Pastor Evan said it. It doesn't matter, baby. You here now. It is a word for this house. Everybody in FOC can make six digits a year. That's $100,000 or more a year. That's the word. It doesn't matter when it was spoken. That's the word over the house for every partner. Right? So you just grab hold of that word now. You ignite it by faith. I don't care if you're making $16 an hour right now. Baby, I thank you, Lord, that I make $100,000 a year. I thank you, Lord, because what has to happen is that you got to have an acquired taste. You got to spend enough time in the kingdom's reality so that the kingdom's environment, the kingdom's culture, the kingdom's way of thinking, the kingdom's way of doing things now begins to reset your financial thermostat, your financial... Uh, I mean, your, your financial thermostat, your your own concept of how how valued you are, so that you may get what you may attract to you what you really deserve. See, it ain't that nobody'll pay you six digits; it's that you don't think you're worth it. it I, mean, I I talk about myself when Pastor Edwin was coaching me up. It, it wasn't that there wasn't a job out there. There are millions of jobs out there that make $100,000 a year. It wasn't the fact that anybody was out there saying, we ain't going to pay Ralph. It was the fact that I didn't think I was worth it. And not until I shifted my mindset, not until I ignited that dynamite with my faith did I shift from a person not making six, six digits to a person that does. It was only because I let the environment in which I uh, began to live in to change my, the concept of who I was. You got to know that you're valuable, but if you don't think you're valuable, then ain't nobody going to value you. And so we got to understand that. All right. We, yeah, we're at 48 minutes. All right. So number one, how do I respond to God, the prophet? I got to allow God to be Lord. I got to accept him as Lord. I got to understand that though I may have a plan, that my plan ain't best. God's plan is always best. Number two, I got to participate. What does that participation look like? It looks like partnering with God and having faith in God. That's what it looks like. Number three, I got to know it isn't happening. It has already happened. It was his idea. When I, this prophecy, and y'all know I got mine hanging on my wall. It's not something, it, it, it's not something that is happening. It's something that has already happened, right? I want you, let me find the part. Uh, I got it in my notes. Let me look up here real quick. I think it's paragraph two. Oh, paragraph three. As your victories pile up through this year, remember that you did not create these victories because of your own efforts. These victories were already given to you by me. Baby, it's not happening. It's already happened. It was his idea. These victories that God has for you, they were given to you already. Aiden's food was already at McDonald's. The food waiting on him, but he didn't show up. He's still hungry. Some of you still hungry. Some of us still hungry. It isn't that God hasn't prepared a table for us in the presence of thine enemies. That's what the word says. Baby, you ain't showing up to the table. Tell, tell yourself, today I decide to take a seat at the king's table. Today, 
I decide to take a seat at the king's table. Well, well, didn't nobody hold my hand and walk me up there, baby. Sometimes you just got to go in. You just got to go in the door. You just got to go. He already says, I prepared a table for you. You think Ava cares right now that I'm teaching Bible study? Let Ava Grace Marlowe need something. She ain't caring nothing about nothing, anything I'm doing and who I'm talking to. She going to walk up in this office and say, Daddy. And see, that's the thing that, that we got to approach God as a kid. You're not interrupting God when you have something that you need. But when he gives you the plan to obtain it, you got to walk with him. You got to do it his way. You got to go back to number one. He's Lord. So if I want what the Lord has, I got to do it the Lord's way. Easiest example that I could give you is that many of you guys have been renters at some point in your life. And, and, and when people move into any property of mine, I have a lease agreement. And that lease agreement is covenant and restrictions of things. It's agreement that what they can and can't do. When you violate the lease, then you no longer have a right to stay in the property. But as long as you operate by the lease, then I am now also obligated to do some things according to that agreement, where the Lord made agreement with our father Abraham. And, and the agreement was that he will bless us and he will take care of us and that he will always ensure that we had. My part of that agreement is simply to obey God. And by obeying God, his part of the agreement is to always ensure that we have provision. It is not my job to provide for myself. It is my job to obey God and obeying God, he brings me provision. Now, does that provision look like me going to work? Yeah, it does. But he's the one that gave me the opportunity to have the job. But I got to understand that it's not happening. It's already happened. Because sometimes you, if you ever go to a restaurant, you're like, man, man, I, you order something that's taking longer than not normal. You see people grow impatient and they just leave because they think that the food is being cooked. Well, everything that God is asking of you, everything that God has told you that you can have, is not being cooked. It's already made. It's waiting on you. Everything that God has told you you can have is waiting on you. We got to know it isn't happening. It has already happened. Here's an example. Elijah in 1 Kings 17, 9. It says, get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon and stay there. Look, I have what? What did he tell Elijah? I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. It isn't happening it had already happened. Now, look at this part, though. We talk about the uh, the widow woman a lot, but look at this part. It says, Elijah's obedience gave an opportunity for the woman to sow a seed that saved her life and her son's life. By Elijah obeying God and leaving the, getting out of Zarephath, I mean, going to Zarephath, right? By him doing that, he gave the woman an opportunity and she almost missed it. She's like, hey, man, I got all I got is a little oil, a little cake. I'm about to eat it. Me and my son, we're about to die. But he said, make me a little first. See, what happens is when we begin to be obedient to God, not only does it bring provision to us, but it brings opportunities to others to live a better life. 
that lady is living to, was living the next few the next couple of years however long she lived because of a seed that she sowed because Elijah went to the place that God called him to go who are you holding up through your disobedience who are you holding up Every time I think about this scenario, I always think about Pastor Edwin on his way back to Fayetteville when God told him to stop in Russellville. And when God told him to stop in Russellville and he went and told him to go to a gas station, he didn't particularly like going to. But he did it anyway. And when he got to that gas station, the man was like, hey, he, he's, he's like, OK, God, why are we here? And he found a man. And that man said that he had come as far as his gas would let him come. And the Lord told him to stop here and there would be somebody there to help him out. And guess who that somebody was? That somebody was Pastor Edwin, which gave that man the ability to get to the destination that he was trying to get to. And see, when we begin to obey God and, and, and operate in our calling, what's your calling? Whether it's politics, whether it's education, whether it's nursing, whether it's uh uh, legal realm, whether it's athletics, when you begin to be a king or a queen, to be a regent in this earth, to take authority over the area that God has called you to, other people will be blessed. Other people will be blessed. We need godly musicians. We need godly speech therapists. We need, Lord, we need godly therapists. But because you're like, oh, God, I want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be a teacher. Oh, God, I wanted to go and be a policeman. I don't want to be a therapist. But when you obey God, that is where both your freedom is and freedom for other people resides. Freedom resides always on the other side of obedience. It always resides on the other side of obedience. So obedience, obeying God brings increase to everybody that's involved. All right. And then lastly, you got to stay focused on the word and not on your reality. So when I know that, I know it's already happened. All right. It's already happened. And you don't got to go there, but it's Mark 4, 35 through 40. It says on that same day, evening had come, you know, they're in the evening had come. Jesus had just preached to them and they're in the boat. And they, he said, hey, let's go to the other side. And then Jesus went downstairs to take a nap. And then while Jesus taking a nap, a big wind, a, a, a big storm came and, and the boat was filling up with water, water. And, and they got scared. And they was like, uh, they went and woke, woke Jesus up. And they're like, Jesus, do you not care basically if we perish? That's what they said. But here's the thing, they had already received the word. And so part of partnering with the prophecy, part of responding to the prophecy is that I got to stay focused on the word and not my reality. See, when the disciples got caught up in their reality, they saw that wind blowing. When they got caught up in their reality, they saw that boat getting filled with water. And when all that, in all of that reality, they lost focus of the word. Because what did I tell you last week? You're only focusing on one thing at a time. I don't care what they talk about multitasking. You're focusing on one thing at a time. You're either focusing on the word or you're focusing on something else. And they focused on something else. And because of that, fear gripped them. And they became paralyzed. And when Jesus woke up, he said in verse 39, he says, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush now, be still. 
and the wind ceased and sank to rest as it as if it was exhausted by its beating and there was immediately a great calm a perfect peacefulness the word of god beats down my situations hallelujah the word of god beats put 39 back up there chris if you don't mind or whoever's doing it it says and he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea hush now be still muzzled it says in the wind ceased it sank to rest uh it sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating that's what the word is doing for you jesus just said hey wind, be still hush now you know how he said it i mean if you i said all listen i got three kids they five seven and nine I can't tell you, boy, be quiet. Stop talking to me. Jesus is like, y'all going to wake me up from this nap from a wind? Wind, be quiet. Stop bothering us. And the wind said, oh, like it just took a beating. Why? Because when you begin to speak the word of God to your situations, it is already has authority to beat up your situation. The problem is you're not applying the word. You're not, what the Bible Proverbs 4 and 12 says, your progress will not be limited when you come along with me. So how do I come along with him? I say what he has said. I do what he has done. So in situations that look scary, when, when Judah was going into a fight and Jesus told them not to fight, but to go up and take their place, I don't be scared because that's not the earthly way things are done. I be at peace because that's how my father said it's going to get done. I don't get scared when they saying, hey, interest prices are this much. Don't buy a house right now. I be, I'm okay with buying a house right now. If the God has said buy a house, why? Because that's how the father said it should be done. The father's word is the thing that brings me peace. And the word of God will beat down your situations. All right. So that's the word for the night, guys. I want you to understand that this prophecy given to us by our man of God is not a paperweight. It's not, it's not a show, but it's designed to bring us into revelation of what God has for us. But if we're going to experience that word, if we're going to experience the lives that, that God has, I mean, the, uh, we're going to experience uh, that we always win, right? That that we're blessed, that we're ready, we win. If we're going to experience a life where we never step outside of love, that we never fear, that we're never dismayed. If we're going to do that, then we, <laughs> they put it up there, then we're going to experience progress with no limits. We got to come along with him. And how do I come along with him in responding to the prophecy or responding to the word? I allow God to be my Lord, number one. Jesus has to be the Lord. Number two, I got to understand that the will of God doesn't come to pass automatically. I got a part to play. And then number three, I got to understand that it, it has already happened. God has already prepared it and it was his idea. I'm not sure if you've ever been invited. Like, you know, sometimes when you're with friends or something, they'd they like, oh, we should just go out to eat. And you're like, ooh, we're going out to eat. Who's paying for what? You know what I'm saying? It's like, is this, how's this? But if Chris said, hey, rap, I'm having a party, you invite it. When you invite it to something, when you show up, I've never been invited to a party 
and I showed up to the party and with an expectation to do work. When I'm invited to a party, you show up ready to do what? Party. You show up ready to party. You show up excited. You show up dressed up. Well, baby, guess what? God is inviting you to a party. He's inviting you to a party of healing. He's inviting you to a party of peace of mind. He invited you to a party of financial breakthrough. He's inviting you to a party of great marriages. He's inviting you to a party of obedient children. He's inviting you to a party of promotion. He's inviting you to a party of celebration. And when you show up, he just said, I need you to show up. I need you to come with expectation and come to my party. It was my idea. I invited you. So that's how you got to know that your sins don't matter. Like all the enemy trying to make you feel condemned. None of that matter. He invited us to the party. He already knew that. He says before, it says, while you was yet sinners, the Bible says he died for us. He already knew everything Brenda had done. He already knew Courtney, everything Courtney had done. He already knew everything Shavandra had done. He says, baby, I'm inviting you to this party. Come on over here to my goodness. Come on over here to my breakthrough. Come on over here to this deliverance. Come on over here to this peace of mind. Come on over here to this overwhelming joy. Come on over here to this peace. It was my, it was his idea. So those are the things that we got to do to manifest prophecy. All right. So let's get back. Let's get to our announcements. All right. Let's get to our announcements real quick. Uh, let me pull them up. So you guys know today is Wednesday. So on Friday, once again, uh, my bad. I messed them up. Leave it up. But hey, shout out to all you parents. High five you for getting your teens connected with Ignite. All right. Our boys group, we had some boys up in there. We had some girls in there. It's growing. All right. Remember, Ignite Boys, we're eating lunch after church. Well, actually, all men, you need to contact Pastor Edwin tonight. If you got a teen boy uh, and they want to join us, contact Pastor Edwin tonight or, or, or send me a message or whatever. But contact us so we can make sure that we have those things in place. But I just want to shout out uh, Centricia and Chandra and, and Kev and, uh, and Sayed and, and CJ and all the guy, all those who are volunteering to make sure that our teams are getting the word. All right. And so that's that victory zone. I got your lessons up. I figured out my issue. So we're going to get caught up in that. But there's plenty of lessons for y'all to go back and catch up on uh, on the number series. So make sure uh, you take care of that. And then on Friday morning, join us for prayer at 630 a.m. Uh, we're going to have corporate prayer. Uh, so make sure you join us there. And then uh, Saturday, I said Saturday, Sunday morning, join Pastor Chris. no. Not this Sunday. There will be no Christian Valley worship this Sunday. It's our huddle Sunday. So you'll join Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean at 930, though, for online celebration. Then we will see you in person at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time at 2737 North Old Warrior Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas, for our huddle. All right. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. Then on Monday, Pastor Sean will be back with Strategies for Success. Then Tuesday night, we'll have prayer. Uh, and then Wednesday, we're back here. All right. And those are all our announcements. Make sure, guys, you know it's Minister Appreciation Month. Make sure you celebrate Pastor Chris. Make sure you celebrate uh, Minister, uh, Pastor uh, 
Nitra and Minister Chandra. And then I think this week it's, it's me. And I just want to say thank you in advance. And to those who've already uh, sent money, prayers, thank you. Hey, I love y'all. I love what I get to do. I thank God for the opportunity to help Pastor Evan and, and, and co-labor with them as we uh, build the ministry that impacts people all around the world. So thank you guys. Y'all are the best partners in the entire world. All right. So we're taking care of all the announcements. Oh, healing school, if you haven't, uh, no, fire experience. I'm not sure why that came to my mind. But hey, if you haven't signed up for the fire experience, it's December 9th, 10th, and 11th. You can go to Pastor Shun's professional page, get more information about that. All right, I think that's all of our announcements. Oh, no, Gil, I see it scrolling across the bottom of your screen. At FOC, we have 100% tithers, all right? 100% tithers. So uh, make sure that you take the opportunity to go give the Gilify Push Pie, Push Pay Tyler or Text to Give if you're in uh, the United States. And then if you're uh, international, you utilize FOC Church NWA at gmail.com via PayPal in order to give there. All right. So I believe that is it now. I don't see anything else. Uh, I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. And I will see you Friday morning for Champion Circle Prayer. All right, good night.